1: Oh, mm, mm, mm. welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first episode of F1 with DRS. I'd like to welcome to the show, Charlie Curtis, Perfect 10 Charlie, elegant, popular, sexy, Matthew Collins. And of course, our in-house automotive journalist, genius from England, Jethro Bovington. <laughs> okay, so for the world, um, the charming English accent is Jethro Bovington. And we knew each other from being hosts of uh, the never-seen uh, two seasons of Top Gear America. Fantastic show. Fantastic. I mean... The seven people who've seen it absolutely adore it. They rave. They rave.
2: Do you know the funny thing? It's on TV in the UK now. More people have seen it in the UK than they have in America.
1: That is so depressing. I mean, I'm delighted it's fucking somewhere. It's,
2: uh yes, yeah, on BBC Three on a Sunday evening, and it's on iPlayer, which is the BBC's mainstreaming platform which is in literally every household in the uk
1: okay so like to the tune where like you're out and about and people are telling you they like the show i wouldn't go that far okay <laughs> <laughs> but just like friends that you know I, no, have been pe- able to pe- see it people now. have
2: seen it i went to the school gates um to pick up my son and this guy came over to me and was like do you do top gear america oh. i just was watching it yesterday on bbc i play and i did i had no idea it was on a yeah. friend of mine texted me to tell me he'd just seen it and then this guy approached me the next day so yeah it's got a profile now oh my god yeah maybe it'll come back in a great form somewhere
1: yes i mean it's it's not for us to say but i'm gonna say it we really did something did. that's what's heartbreaking that's- we really we went full fledged punk rock and you and I almost killed each other several times (laughs) at least and um and we did what we we hoped to do and then it it went to um an invisible platform that is inaccessible the
2: tragedy (laughs) is the top gear name is a blessing and a curse because there's such expectation there's such loyalty to the old show and we managed to break those barriers a little bit and did something cool yes but it just didn't get the visibility so yeah
1: Yeah. Well, look, um, uh, I was in a little movie 18 years ago called Idiocracy. No one saw it for 12 years, and now it's probably the most seen thing I've been in. So you just don't know. You never know. Okay, now let me walk you through the other gentleman on the show. So Matt Collins, this talk about a well-rounded group for a Formula One podcast. (laughs) Celebrity hairstylist to the stars. (laughs) (laughs) Shocker. Yeah. I mean, that comes out. Canadian, no less. Yeah. Yeah. What
3: a mixed message. You know, it's... uh... Who knew we were gonna be here? Yeah. Who knew?
1: So Matt is like one of the premier hairstylists in the world. He is a representative of Dyson. Ding ding ding. They share a lot of engineering yeah. idea with McLaren. Uh okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a a lot of back and forth. You yeah. know, he
3: invented a car that didn't work out, but uh learned a lot. And now that technology is going into future development of Dyson products,
1: which is pretty cool. Hair dryers, vacuums. Yeah, what who else knows? is on the docket?
3: Who knows what's going to what be What can we look uh, forward I've, to? I've seen some things, and oh. I can't talk about it, but okay. it's pretty exciting what's down the road. Do you have a confidentiality I agreement? I have a big-time confidentiality agreement.
1: And w- what kind of penalty would you suffer if you were to come on here and go, you're not going to believe this. They're getting into the self-pleasure space. I think it's in the <laughs> realm of if someone <laughs> kind of broke the NDA of an
3: Apple, some new product coming out. I think I would be... Pretty much maybe living on the streets after that. If I really, but maybe they, who knows? I don't know. I guess if it worked out. Yeah. If your leak led to... Some some, massive buzz. It could be
1: good, but... Could get a bonus, could get sued for a billion
3: dollars. Exactly. Right. So I don't want to really test that.
1: Okay, so a hairstylist, an English automotive journalist, uh, a former sketch comedian, and then, of course, what every car show needs. (laughs) A physical fitness guru.
4: <laughs> that's right,
1: Charlie Curtis. <laughs> For anyone who listened to Race to Two Hundred and Seventy, the uh, best show that uh, Armchair Umbrella ever put out. Did you remember that happening and me telling you the premise of that? I do. So best friend Aaron Weekly was Burf. was was, <laughs> was
2: basically um.
1: You had only know was, it he, in kilos.
2: Yeah, yeah. He was he was
1: three fifteen. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So yeah. that's like one hundred and fifty kilos. Yeah, something. I remember yeah. it Wow. <laughs> so, Charlie, who was at 2.30, Aaron, who yeah. was at 3.15. Oh, right, you
2: were meeting in the middle, so you, you were bulking up even more, yeah. and he was slimming down.
4: Yes. That's a great idea. And for reference, I weighed in today at 2.07. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> Did so, you get up to 2.70? Yeah.
2: 270,
3: maybe 2.71 or 2.71. Yeah.
2: yeah. He
3: looked and, thick. Really thick.
1: And what was really misleading about the contest is... um. At first, Charlie just leapt ahead, right? Of course, he just, like, put on 20 pounds in a couple weeks. Okay. And, and of course, I'm rooting for Aaron because he's the underdog. Like, well, the whole premise is to get him to shed a couple pounds. And then now Charlie's just sprinting ahead up to 250 or something. And Aaron and I both on the side were like, I don't know, man. This does not look good to you. Like, for <laughs> you, you lost seven pounds. he gained 20. <laughs> it seemed impossible. But then this curious thing happened around 260 pounds. Is that about the yep. spot? He just couldn't put on more weight. It stalled big time. The body started protecting itself. It was like, this is too much weight too soon. We're not even going to process it. Like If you had just dumped out an actual hamburger yeah. unprocessed, it yeah. wouldn't have shocked me. Nope. So then Charlie picked up the pace, and he had alarms set throughout the night. He'd wake up in the middle of the night, and what would you eat? What was Peanut your- butter
4: and jelly <laughs> and a 1,500-calorie uh, weight gainer shake. <laughs> <laughs> and then go back the to sleep time. for a couple like hours. 3 a.m., <laughs>
1: So he was having like seven meals a day. And then the best, like the talk about a blessing, Aaron got COVID. And this is back when COVID was fucking bad, right? He was one of the first in, Yep, nearly patient zero. First one we we knew, first person we knew. Ironically, what really happened was he, the podcast started and it was kind of being uh, recorded real time. So Aaron started getting famous. And so Aaron's on Instagram and now people are DMing him. And a girl DMs him from Chicago who's in love with him. He's like, let me come spend the weekend with you. And he said, come along. <laughs> and then this is the greatest, actually, because it goes from a layup to she's just supposed to be there for two and a half days. You know, me the, the the flame's starting to wear thin by day two. Perfect. And he's timing. like, no problem. Or she's going back to Chicago. Test before she gets on the plane. She has COVID. So now she has to sit at his house for, I don't know, two weeks. <laughs> This is one of the worst STIs (laughs) I've
4: ever heard of. And then they both can't go out, they're sick as hell, and they're just stuck there.
1: Yes, and they, now, no one's talking, and they're just sharing a space together for two weeks. And And they don't know
2: each other. I mean... They've infected each other, and now they're forced to live together. I can't
1: imagine a worse outcome for a one-night stand than a one-night stand that turns into 16 days. Mind you, she's probably the most lovely person in the world, just not, not the right context for a love affair. So he's stuck with her, he's dying, and then he can no longer... Do anything. He doesn't want to eat. He doesn't, he even stops work he can't exercising. Work up, yeah. yeah. And then by God, the fucking pounds started dropping. Got yeah, back <laughs> Yes. And all of a sudden we're like, wait, last late, late horse coming around the bend. And these motherfuckers, after 10 weeks of doing it and being really a uh, big difference in the in, in the progress, the day of the weigh-in for the 10th episode, they both hit their mark. Wow. It felt scripted. Yeah, it, I was going to say, this,
2: this feels like an old school Top Gear
1: script where they race <laughs> somewhere
2: and meet in the
1: final 20 <laughs> yeah, seconds. Yeah. Yes, it, and then the Stig somehow beats everyone on the lawn tractor. <laughs> and then they just tell you like, oh, the Stig always has to win. And you're like, well, but that, but I won. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but we loved the Stig because the first time we ever saw him, he was crashing a car, which we were <laughs> so <laughs> happy about. Yes. We were told he was untouchable. He's a god. And then we see him scream into view, <laughs> drive past us and immediately crash. And me and Max are like high-fiving and hugging. <laughs> and we wanted the American uh, Top Gear Stig to be like the worst Stig there ever was. He fell over all the time, crashed every car. Yeah, know, it, have, but was, they
1: wouldn't let us do it. No, that was our pitch. Wouldn't that have been great as we get a bozo version of the, like the American Stig, of course, is a bozo. Yeah. It would have been great. You grew up in England, Jethro. So you've been a fan of F1 since you could watch TV, I I presume.
2: I have loved F1 and Dax, you don't you might not know this, but I was once a driver for the Jordan Formula One team. What what what? 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 Yeah, when I was um seventeen or eighteen, I stopped school for a year before I went to college. And I became a van driver for Jordan (laughs) F1. (laughs)
0: And
2: it was uh, it was a dream. It was
1: fantastic. I'm not making this up. It's true. Van driver, you had me on the hook. I was like, uh, you're a good driver, but there's no fucking way you were some junior alternate
2: driver. Do you know what? It was cool because I went. What team was it for? Jordan, which is now. Basically, a team will probably end up talking a lot about Aston Martin because oh, they, okay. it, it, they've progressed and they've been bought and they've changed identity several times. But it was Jordan Grand Prix. I went to some agency. I didn't want to work in a factory for a year. I was like, I'd love to do some van driving. That sounds cool. <laughs> they called me up. Do you want to go to Jordan? I was like, yeah. And I went around. And it, back then, it was still incredibly high tech, but it was a different world. So I would drive onto farms in the middle of nowhere, go to old like Nissan tin huts I'd walk in. There'd be an autoclave in there, and they're making Formula One parts for Formula One cars. It was insane. Like wishbones. Uh I used to drive at the time. They had Mugen Honda engines, so I'd I'd take take the F1 engines down to I think they're in like Slough or somewhere. But they'd be in these containers, and they had seals on um, that would measure how much damage could have been done. Like while you were
1: driving, while I was driving. Oh my god! And they're on
2: wheels. They're in crates on wheels. The wheels would lock, and then we'd strap them in. But I could never get the wheels to lock. So they'd be banging around in the back of the van. <laughs> I know every time I went there, I was like, they're just gonna be like glowing red. But then I never got
1: caught doing it. Yeah, what do you think the price tag is on one of the power units? I it's gonna be three, four hundred thousand dollars. It's gotta be. I think the engine
2: cap budget now is a it is a different world with these hybrid things for the manufacturers, is something like 95 million per season. Oh, oh my
1: god. Yeah. That's the budget of, like, six teams in NASCAR. Just the motor budget.
2: Yeah, it's insane. Uh, That's what I love about F1. It's stupid because it's so intensely... It's like no budget, no rules. I know there's a budget cut now, but when you go there, it doesn't feel like it. It's like the space program being played out in several different factories. It's so cool.
1: Yes, and in fact, I've argued that probably the most high-tech engineering in the world is not even happening at NASA. It's probably happening for these teams.
2: Well, I just did, this is like a little aside, but I just did an Aston Martin road car launch. I did something called the Valkyrie, which is this crazy Adrian Newey-designed um, road car with a bit of Red Bull tie-up. And the Aston Martin guys were saying they used to go to these meetings with with Red Bull and they kept talking about things being over budget. And they were saying, well, why are they talking about budget? But for Red Bull, over budget is weight. Nothing to do with money. Um, they have uh, no internal dialogue for what budget <laughs> is yeah. effectively. Yeah. When they talk budget, it's purely about weight. So the financials are completely off the table. Although there's a lot of talk about budget cut now. the day-to-day, the engineers... The creative people behind these cars
1: have no constraints in that regard their job is just to maximize performance of any given part. period
2: yeah and i think the the real top level guys they worry about the money but it's yeah adrian knew he was there when i was talking to him about a new car they're doing and and Christian Horner was there, and he said, "Well, Adrian doesn't even know where the finance department is.
1: He's he, like, he, oh, wow. he literally, he's got no. It's
2: the only room in the building he hasn't. He never visits. He doesn't know what it's about."
1: Okay, so you, you're you a long time fan. You know the history. You're, you're true. Now, what do you think of this wave of us three dipshits? So, we, of course, fell in love with it by way of Drive to Survive. I had zero interest in Formula One prior to that. We are now obsessed, as you know, we've gone to Miami to race, we've gone to Austin for a race, I went to Austria last year. I mean, it's all I think about, it's all I care about. The three of us, as a race weekend approaches, like on Wednesday, Charlie will just send me a text, like, starting to already feel good. Like, it puts (laughs) you in a good mood starting Wednesday. Yeah, and so, Charlie, like, walk us through a, a race weekend for you.
4: Well, I look at the schedule Wednesday mm-hmm. and usually I see it's like late Thursday, I get practice one, like middle of the night, mm. which is reassuring because I know I have all day Friday just sitting there being banked. So yeah. I usually crank out practice one, maybe at the gym, get practice two, and then really get ramped up for for quality,
1: And it's our lifestyle now. So Charlie yeah. and Matt will come over, we'll watch P3 downstairs in the garage while we lift weights and, and stare at each other's bodies and compliment one another <laughs> and max out. And then we go down into the theater for quality. There's food, it's a whole thing. And then we rinse and repeat for Sunday and we make the whole day Sunday about yeah. the race. Yeah. When it's gone, you feel the absence. The I loss. mean, it's, yeah. yes, like directionless. Of Like, the weekend's approaching, and I'm like,
2: yeah, who cares? And do you... I love F1 for all the drama, all the tech, the soap opera of it, and the track action. It isn't like a traditional american motorsport in that there might only be three overtakes in a race mm-hmm. does that bother you Does you do you you just enjoy the
1: whole spectacle of it that's what kept me away from it is when i would check yeah. in with it on tv growing up i'm like ah oh, you fucking i don't know they start and then they stay in that oh, not nearly that exact same order who gives a fuck but of course i learned through drive to survive like how much is going on strategy wise how much is happening uh the pit stops how, and then most importantly like these guys that were on TV wearing helmets are now like individuals with personalities. And now I have favorites and I hate people and I love people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, Actual human beings. I think it's amazing that the main coverage still doesn't get that across. Mm-hmm. Like Drive to Survive does it so well. Mm-hmm. I wish the main coverage would and would cover more than just the top two teams. You know, it, it feels like there's all these stories running through.
4: Yeah, that's the big um, thing in this show is just like that race for 10th is often more important and more of a a race than first, second, or third. And you won't, we wouldn't see that until you watch the show. I,
3: I saw this new thing that a lot of people are starting to bet on 10th place. So there's a new <laughs> point system for people doing fantasy with their friends where they're betting every race on 10th, and 10th is the most points you can get. And then the points go lower for the outside, which makes it more exciting to watch a race because that is the race that is always the most exciting. You're right.
1: It's the most hotly contested generally is yeah. yeah 6 through 10 or something
2: yeah and the way the teams have swapped around and converged and then they separate and then one that was terrible is suddenly up in you know Q3 or whatever it's it's pretty amazing the way it's worked out
1: yeah i also let me add prior to 3 years ago Additionally, when I looked at the sport, I'm like, okay, so this team Mercedes has won seven times in a row and this driver's won seven times in a row. What what the fuck is the point? I mean, even, I love the Lakers, but, you know, after they win twice in a row, I, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it was a very stagnant kind of outcome. And then we entered perfectly at the, you know, the, the passing of the guard. And it's funny because this new love of mine was talked about a lot while we were filming. And you must have thought, A, look at this fucking poser. He's the guy has got all these opinions. <laughs> he learned about this sport last week. But then probably, too, might have been weird that, like, I hated the conventional, traditionally loved drivers.
2: Yeah, but I, I get it because, no, even the biggest Lewis Hamilton fan was probably getting pretty tired of Lewis Hamilton winning every race. I admire all these guys. Their talent and ability is huge. And I love, because I love driving like you. Yeah this is the geekiest thing, but I love watching them drive in the car. I love mm. seeing some of them are smooth. Some of them are a bit more ragged and a bit more on the edge. And, and it's like, every, they've all got their own little quirks. And Hamilton on one of his perfect qualifying laps is a thing to behold. Like it's incredible. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't want Mercedes to win in the air. It has to change. And, yeah. But the funny thing is, the history of the sport is exactly like this. You get a period of dominance and you you cannot see an end to it how Uh can they possibly ever lose they got the best drivers the most money the best aerodynamicist blah 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 but every single one has eventually gone away be it ferrari williams mclaren and now i think it's fascinating with with mercedes because there's this assumption that they're going to get it right they're going to be back they're going
1: it's hard not to.
2: they might not
1: i know it's almost impossible impossible yeah not just cuz of the brand the brand has this a certain esteem and and mystere about it but then i mean my fa- fuck all the drivers my n- number one favorite human being in f1 is toto wolf i mean this motherfucker is 6 foot 5 he's got 1.2 billion dollars he's got 12 inches of flaccid rope in his pants <laughs> every girl's in love with him he's seemingly a genius uh he doesn't well Although that's a little bit changing, we saw some cracks last year, this season, and Drive to Survive.
2: Yeah. Do, do you watch the show? I I do, yeah. I watch. I've only watched the first three or four of the new season. Um, so, did you I, see? I saw Christian Horner give him <laughs> some shit. <laughs> yeah, in the meeting, he cracked. and I liked it. Yeah, I, it... I liked. I, Christian Horner can, oh. on that show can come
1: across. Oh. Like, okay, oh,
2: I've had enough of Christian Horner. <laughs> but when he's like, <laughs>
1: change your fucking car. Yeah, like, I this is the Toto's literally saying to them, he's like. You know, if we're not going to fix this porpoising issue, you're going to have bloods on your hands, all of you. I'm going to hold all of you accountable, and everyone just looks at him like, "Hey, motherfucker, you're the only one with porpoising issues." Like, yeah, they're looking at each other. The only one with blood on their hands is you. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, you got Lewis acting like he broke his back. Let's. I'm going to air that complaint. I have a lot of grievances. So last year during the scene, the showmanship of Lewis. Again, maybe it's cuz I raced off-road and I watched the Baja 1000. Those motherfuckers in Baja 1000, 17 hours of getting of falling off of a two-story building yeah. every 3 seconds. And here's Lewis bouncing around and he gets out of the car and he can't stand up. I'm like, "Come on, bro." I think it <laughs> felt like a, a a collective effort to get the rules changed
2: because they mm-hmm. had made they they'd messed up. Their car they was fucked not up. good. And mm-hmm. the fact it's continued
1: is a shocker to me. I can't believe it. I can't either, but they did swap this year. If you watch, like they did this great graphic during um, uh, practice two and three where they were showing the Red Bull versus the Mercedes. And weirdly, the Mercedes was faster in a straight line every lap and slower in the corners. And then the Red Bull was faster in the corners, which is a flip of last year. Like it seems last year, Mercedes went heavy downforce. It was slow in a straight line, too much porpoising. And then now they flipped it. And now somehow that's not working. I think Mercedes' problem, in theory, it
2: generates more downforce than any other car. They can't control it, and mm. it's and it's at the wrong times, or they they just can't manage that balance, which is why they were getting the porpoising. Yeah. But now I think they thought it was a magic bullet. Like if we get rid of the porpoising, we've got a great car. As it turns out, they've got rid of the bouncing, but their cars nowhere. Like current for Mercedes anyway, it's nowhere. Yeah. And, and, and Red Bull have just. And it's like this virtuous circle. Red Bull got the concept right. Now they refine it. Then they don't have to drive as hard, so their engine's are more reliable. Then they don't have to, you know, once, it's like this perfect thing. Like, the more, the, the more competitive you are, the faster you are, the less effort you have to put in, which you don't make mistakes. You're thinking more clearly. All this stuff, and it makes it so hard to beat.
1: Matt sent me a clip today. This this audio clip surfaced of the team begging Max to slow down. Did yeah. you? Yeah. Right? And, it's, and apparently
3: it, it's came out after that Max, I don't know if it was halfway through the way, race, turned down his engine. So he now they assume that he could probably get an extra second out of every lap, and he was already 40 seconds ahead of the next car, which is crazy. And I heard this other fact that apparently... This year could set a new F1 record. If it continues as it's going, he could set the, he could clinch the driver championship as early as his home race. Mm. And then what they were saying, what could be crazy is he could then go off with his girlfriend (laughs) <laughs> stop racing that year, bring Daniel Ricciardo into that car and they could finish with one, two, and three drivers when only two drivers were allowed. Whoa, that, that, they're, saying, they're, they're now saying a huge fuck you They're know. saying that this is the thing that could happen uh, but I think Charlie said something great where he's like, I could never imagine or maybe it was Rob saying that I could never imagine Max actually then being like, okay,
1: oh. someone else can take my car. Like he's not He He cares about racing, not about hanging out
3: with his girlfriend.
4: He wants every record.
1: (laughs) Every record. He wasn't even going to let Checo fucking (laughs) beat Leclerc last year. He he wouldn't even give up a second (laughs) to. Not not at all. Okay. Now, this is going to put Jethro in a very tricky position. Because if anyone (laughs) in this room is deeply in bed with McLaren, it's this son of a bitch. His (laughs) wife still works? She does. This puts you in a very compromising situation (laughs) now, doesn't it?
2: no because i'm a (laughs) professional person
0: (laughs) you're you're Uh,
1: an objective journalist
2: do you know what i'm if anything more critical of where they're at i i've I've listened to quite i i love f1 so i listen to a lot of podcasts with a lot of journalists talking about them who are really deeply embedded in sport go to every race interview the drivers and they obviously have a huge amount of knowledge but it's almost like sometimes they can't see the wood for the trees they're so close to it and they're like yeah mclaren are going to get there because they've already said They know this concept's wrong and they started another concept four months ago and we're going to see that in three months. And I'm thinking, forget about it. it. They've consistently brought out a car that is not competitive and they're only going backwards. And the tragedy is, I think Lando is right up there, right up there with the good guys. He drags results out of that car that has no business getting. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, that's where you and I are going to, might be the only thing we agree about uh, perfectly, (laughs) which is I have been saying for three years, I mean, really once Ricardo got there and there was this gap between Ricardo, I don't believe Ricardo just fell off a cliff as a driver. I think that it's quite possible Lando is maybe second fastest in the field. He might just have been driving that shitty car to 106% somehow, and that he actually is this crazy talented driver that is, um, you know, in the shackles of this 25-year contract. That's the problem. He's
2: stuck in this contract. Now, contracts in F1 don't really mean very much, so I think if someone comes for him, they'll, they'll find a way. But he must be looking around thinking... Yeah, what, am I, what am
1: I doing here? Like, what is happening? Now, there's four teams that are clearly, be- I mean, just objectively better. Uh, a bit below the top three. I mean, in Q1, so
2: when they d- drop out, what, the slowest seven drivers, mm-hmm. he got exactly the same time as the uh, Logan Sargent in in, yep. in in the Williams. This, this is the Williams that's been a backmarker for for several years now. He got exactly the same time. The only reason he got through is because he set the lap first 30 seconds before or whatever yeah so they they are a long way off and i know lando will get that car in the points because that's what he does but he should be he should be up there fighting with max
1: but this uh, this fantasy zach brown had that somehow piastri is going to be right behind him is i do not think it's going to materialize and i think that this weekend in bahrain really showed um now here's who i'm going to talk major shit on there's my villain (laughs) this year in Drive to Survive. And of course, own my personal of we all three of us here, other than you, Jethro, have hung with Ricardo. We love him. I'm friends with him. That given I have a bias. He's he's the problem. I think he's the fucking problem. He's been so focused on these drivers that he seems to have been completely derelict in his job of developing the car. And the fact that he's thrown, you know, I think Ricardo's getting 17 million or something like that. Uh Lando's getting 32 million. You know, they got million tied up in drivers and the car sucks that bad. Yeah. And they go to him on the pit wall and it drives me insane. (laughs) He's always available for an interview. Anytime Crawford wants to check in with somebody, he's going straight to Zagreb. Like, uh-huh, yeah, he's waiting. I don't even think he's watching the fucking data. And then they go to him, and he's so prepared and so can't wait, so eager to be interviewed. And then his expert take on it, I don't know that he knows what's happening. The
2: fact they keep repeating the same mistakes, that's the scary thing. If you're doing different things wrong, at least you're trying paths, you've got an engineering vision. Yeah, They keep bringing out a car that no one else can drive but Lando that doesn't work i just don't get it It, it, yeah it's like they've got you have to think how many hundreds of people are involved with these cars how much money the budget caps what 145 million bucks this year that doesn't include the driver's salaries the travel principles marketing the top three salaries or engines so they're spending engines is not in no so they're spending huge huge sums of money there's so many people involved And it's over and over and again, Mm -hmm. again, the same mistake, the same undrivable car.
1: Okay. I think it's time to talk about Ferrari last season because it was such great comical relief (laughs) and absolutely heartbreaking for what is, I don't know, uh, we all love Leclerc. We love him so much, primarily because he's gorgeous. I mean, the guy is so good looking, it's impossible. He pulls his helmet off after a frustrating DNF. And you're like, God, did he just get his hair and makeup done? (laughs) uh, Is he backlit? Why does he look like that? Stay tuned for more F1 with
0: DRS. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com.
1: We have a theory. In fact, now's the time to talk about the sexual prowess of the drivers, and I want you to have an opinion on this. Um, Let me just ask you, uh, Charlie, who do you think's the best lay in F1? It's gotta be science. Yeah, we agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think so? I went in the car with science.
0: Oh, right. No,
2: No, not in in a sexual
1: way. Um, (laughs) Oh, well, you should have. But I (laughs) I was aroused. I was aroused. (laughs) (laughs) Was it a Ferrari launch or something?
2: Yeah, I was out there doing a two nine six GTS or GTB launch, the coupe. Um, and they said, "Do you want to go out with science in the car?" I was like, "Yeah." So I turned up at Fiorano, their private test track, which is always super cool, anyway science it was last year i can't remember the round but he'd oh it's the italian grand prix and he'd had a mare he'd had a disastrous and it, he was in that sequence where everything that could go wrong was going wrong for oh, him
1: because at the rebel ring the previous race his car had caught on fire
2: yeah and then i think he would had he just spun on his own in italy or something untouched yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah. It, it,
1: it was a really bad time and i was like
2: this is not going to be fun he's not going to be a happy chappy comes in in a helicopter oh
1: Get, that's get, sexy gets
2: out and he's like you want to go for a ride um this sounds more sexual than i expected um and i was like yeah let's do it let's get in. and we got in the car he does not even a warm-up lap uh-huh. and he's on it and he's level i've driven with a few of the really 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 good guys and when you're with someone good like dax and i think we're fucking amazing drivers <laughs> yeah, yeah. so we're like I could do that. Like, I given a bit of practice, I get what they're doing. I yeah. know he's braking a bit later than me here. He's doing this a bit different. But when you drive with the good guys, you just sort of sit back and go, no, I could be here for the rest of my life and not be able to do this. And that's what he was like. It, it The speed into the corner uh-huh. was just next level. It, like, he's turning and I'm thinking, well, if I do this, I am off. I'm 100% the front of the car is going to push, push Right through, yeah. And he... The way they can turn the car in, catch whatever sort of sort out whatever the problem whatever is whatever voodoo immediate, exists yeah, yeah, <laughs> immediately, and then bang, straight on the power. And I was like, the aggression and the speed. I was actually pretty blown away. And then
1: But really quick, cool, what's his demeanor like as he driving to? Is he super casual about it or is he look super focused and
2: in- he was pretty casual, but he's busy. Okay. He, he's busy in the car. He has. Have you ever seen his dad drive?
1: uh like two second clips of him so uh, he, he, so four dad, wheel power slide over a, uh, uh, yeah.
2: so his dad was like the spanish bull he was like a beast in the car he beat it was like he was fighting a bear when he was driving <laughs> he was just beating <laughs> the crap out of the car he was busy you get out sweating carlos jr is not like that but you can see that rally there's a masculinity control. to yeah, it yeah. yeah um it was amazing and then you think I think science is great, but Leclerc is clearly mm. got something again. And you think, well, I'm with this guy who's doing stuff that doesn't even seem like it should be possible. And every weekend he's going to a race, and there's another guy next to him in the same car just every time. Another tenth, another couple of tenths. And it must be... And doing it like silk, too. Yeah, yeah. And he's smooth. And you just think, psychologically, that's hardcore, isn't it? And you you, do, you start to think for for teammates of Verstappen hamilton back in the day etc it's you're just getting beaten up every time you go to work there's a dude next to you (laughs) showing you that you're much worse than he is like it's depressing
1: yes but it was impressive i I really enjoyed it yeah well it's pretty uh consensus among us that he's definitely the best Mm Like he uh if you sign up for a session with him you're like oh my god what Mm-hmm. What's he doing now? Whoa! <laughs> he's going to act like. a little bit like a bear,
3: but it's a little bit more gentle than a bear. Yes. Be very
1: attentive around the corners. But your legs are going to be behind your, yeah. your ear, and you're like, oh, my God, I didn't even know uh, And then we think, and this is curious because we think he's the most attractive. We think uh, Leclerc is the world's worst leg because he's so gorgeous. So no, he doesn't need to be He drives for Ferrari. And he, it might he's be French. the first man in a, in the world, in the history of the world, who tries to come as fast as he can. Like, I'm going to just get in there, I'm going to come the second I can, and the girl's going to be very appreciative that she She's has She's going to be either back. way. Yeah,
4: she'll be grateful either way, so <laughs> <that's> not, let's <laughs> girl, not drag well, it out. The, Yeah, he's not to put much after that. Yes. But, yeah.
3: but on this last race, apparently, his ex-girlfriend cut, threw a little shade his way on Instagram. No. I saw a little clip where... She posted a picture. I I don't know if they recently broke up or what the situation is, but she posted a picture on her story about the Red Bull car. Uh, and then uh, the next picture was a picture of a horse and saying, "Don't worry, I still support the red cars with the little horse." And then, <gasps> oh, so some wow. people oh, are some oh, people are he, saying what it is. I have no oh, idea, but this shade was thrown by his ex girlfriend. So the, ma- little <laughs> the little horse, the little horse. we he,
1: don't know what that means, but <laughs> we can assume probably is doesn't give a fuck. Doesn't care small. If it were small. He's like, yeah, big deal. And wait, you think it's small. Yeah. Wait till you see how quick I'm out of here. And he does have everything else in the world going for him. Mm-hmm. Handsome,
3: French, a beautiful accent. Yes. He tries the best carb, worth millions.
1: Oh, like when I was younger and um, still had fun, um, and I, I I shot way too soon, you, the list of excuses I would give these people, like, oh, my God, wow, that's crazy. I'm in this new medication. I'd be frozen. <laughs> I really told a girl one time in high school, I was like, oh, my It's it's weird medication. It was ibuprofen. Like I (laughs) (laughs) might throw my back out and I was on just 800 ibuprofens and I tried to blame it on that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm curious. Max, uh, an enigma for me in the, in the rack. I don't know what's happening there, but. It's got to be
4: pretty standard every single time. The same.
1: It's got to be the same. You're right. It's a routine. You're Mm -hmm. right. My favorite. Okay. So, you know, I'm all in on Max. You are. You yeah. are a full it, fanboy. It, yeah. You call me a fanboy. It annoys you. And <laughs> I love him. And he's a dick. Let me own it. This guy is a fucking dick. But I don't think he's a dick in the way other people are dicks, per se. I think he is so singularly focused on winning that literally nothing else matters. It, it does nothing matter on a level that you've just not seen. I'm, I'm, I'm envious of the lack of codependency. He doesn't care, and it, uh, he was bred to be like this. Yeah.
2: Like I don't know the veracity of all the stories, but there's stories about his dad. Like when he didn't, when he was go karting, and his dad was there, and he didn't go for a move, didn't go for a to to dive up the inside of someone, throws him in the van, locks the locks the door, leaves him there for two hours to think about what he's done. Oh, so this, like his his dad, who was in F one, Jos Verstappen, and the it, mom
1: was a karting champion. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. It it was their life's work
4: to make max what he is
2: and, and they've, they've created it They've, <laughs> done it. they've, yeah. done it. they've i mean
0: it.
4: jordan is arguably one of the biggest assholes out there and that was oh, him yeah yes one yes. focus he was gonna win and he you could hate him all you want but I, you're gonna win
1: i know it's sacrilege because um rest in power and we love him but kobe you watch the doc on kobe bryant muse it's fantastic and what you quickly realize is not a single teammate like, and he didn't give a fuck. And he's like, I'm not here to enjoy this. No, he's
4: not there to make friends.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's in his, I don't think he has any bandwidth left to be civil or polite. And he does the most childish things. And I love them. It just goes to show, if you love somebody, you think these really embarrassing things are funny. Like, I know uh, famously, he didn't like a photo that Red Bull had posted of him on their feed on Instagram. So he unfollowed. He, unfollowed <laughs> yes! he him wasn't uh, following his sponsor for <laughs> like, like, like a long time. <laughs> <past year laughs>
2: or something.
1: He doesn't follow his own team. Or that he just decided he didn't like how Drive to Survive season three was. He's like, I'm fucking out for four.
2: But yeah. maybe he's the closest, funnily enough, to Alonso because Alonso has uh. that same thing. He's been yeah. around forever. He is still as quick. You know, maybe he's lost to 10th or something. He doesn't seem like he has. And he doesn't care about anything else. Uh This is what he does. Everyone hates him. Everyone likes him now. Like he's like the elder statesman who's finally got a good car. Everyone's warm to him. But most people hate him. A lot of teams he's worked for have said when he's left, Jesus, he was a pain in the ass. He's made a lot of career moves that have gone the wrong way. Mm -hmm. You know, he's moved to teams Uh and he, he seems to have... An innate ability to make cars and teams worse. When he turns <laughs> up. He's like the, he's like the anti-Michael Schumacher. So Schumacher was like famous. Would turn up to a team, galvanize everyone, build the team around him, knew everyone's name, everyone loved him. And but well, he uh, also
1: was like kind of a mechanical genius. He could really develop the car in a way most drivers couldn't.
2: Yeah, and, uh, and Alonso is the opposite. But now. How old is he, 41 years old? He's
1: going to turn 42, yeah. While this season he'll be 42. I said it during season five. In fact, I was texting these guys saying, um, I don't know, man, I might put Alonzo in a tie. From one interview, right? He's like, uh, in story, you have to have a protagonist and you have to have a villain and I am a villain. yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, I I love it. It. People like,
3: are starting to compare them to like if you th- know Harry Potter, they're starting to say that there's that Austin Martin is now Slytherin. Oh. and <laughs> Alonzo is the Dark Lord, <laughs> and they're all like doing different things. And I think it's
1: amazing. And he's the, the like, no matter what, you, uh, you gotta love this. There's a few guys on that grid that are just ballroom brawlers, and it's so fucking fun to watch. They're not always the fastest. Like Checo. What a what a fucking baller, man. When you're going to pass Checo, like you're puckering up. Yeah, yeah. He's going to fight you to the death. And it's so great when you're watching because you just go, oh my God. Or just how he would hold Lewis off and repass in that contested season, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then Alonso's the same way, like, oh my God, you got to know in your head, Alonso's not going to back well, out They ever.
2: say it on a Sunday. He's like the Terminator, isn't he? He's always coming at you. He's always coming. And I love watching him because the body language of the car when along. You you can tell, like, from hundreds of yards away, this is Alonso in the car. Because the aggression, like, it literally, like, pulsates out of the car. People who are coming to t- overtake him or seeing him in the mirrors. Oh, Bahrain, it, the announcers. It's just a different world.
1: The, the whole time, the the, the announcers are, are saying, like, well, his tires are gone. His tires are gone. There's no way he can be battling Lewis like this. Yep. And then, and signs. <laughs> And then his tires are going to be fucked, and they weren't. And And he passes them in the hardest corner of the track. And I
4: think he nudged both of them. Yeah. At some <laughs> point during that pass, he he gave them both a little nudge. Like, and, he's going for
1: it. And that recovery he made when he was trying to get around Lewis, I think it was. It, oh, he, and almost smacked into him. Yeah, it looked like Lewis hit him. but That's right. He, yeah, more, but he I, he I think maybe wide. something arrow happened. Like he lost downforce over the rear. And he that car's gone. For most people, that car's gone in that turn. And he somehow drove out of it and then eight turns later got around him. And then called his mom. i was like hey mom how's it going right the radio communication was incredible once alonzo got around those two this is his tone when he checks in he's like how's lance doing (laughs) like you're like is he not in the car anymore is he in his back in his hotel room like somehow he's already finished like oh well it's good
4: for the team yeah yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm." (laughs) and he was so pumped when he made the passes like he passed science and he's like bye-bye,
1: bye-bye. bye-bye. Yeah. He was like, and
4: he's just pumped about it which i like to see
2: and you think his i think when he first won a race he was racing max's dad max's dad no was way. on the grid oh, wow. when alonso first won a race
1: in like 03 or something it's like his 22nd year yeah. in formula one which yeah. is That's so bonkers insane. and he
2: just hasn't dropped off it's great but i like this year as someone you know we're all staring down the barrel of at least 35 now aren't we so yeah. like there's a load of older guys and they're yeah. all quick and they're all doing it like hulkenberg's come back he's an older guy yes even yeah. you know lewis is what 37 38. 38 now yeah um and it's i quite like that that it's not just 18 year olds anymore like there's a there's a good mix-up do you do you have a favorite driver do you have a favorite team jethro i'm torn okay mm. so i don't i don't i wouldn't say i do i I appreciate a lot of these guys i think they're great um i am naturally drawn towards the renault team which is now alpine Uh
1: uh-huh because
2: i love the fact they're not a ferrari they're not a mercedes like renault is a very utilitarian type brand in in the uk and europe and they've always made gorgeous little fast hot hatches which i loved when i was uh, growing up and and driving all the different cars i did for work And I just... And they've got a great history. They were the first to bring turbos into F1. And I just like them. The thing that I am annoyed about, I thought they might have made a jump this year, but they've ended up being a factory team with probably the worst driver lineup of any... They're trying to get up to the Red Bull level, and they've ended up trading Alonso for Gasly. I don't
1: get it. Yeah. They messed up. So, you
2: know, they thought they had Piastri.
1: Well, Otmar famously fucked the whole thing up yeah, yeah, the three yeah. ways till yeah. sunday you're right yeah he so had piastri
2: he wouldn't give alonso a contract which pissed off alonso so he went straight off to aston martin then when he announced that and he hadn't told alpine then they were like well that's cool we'll we'll announce piastri because he's the hot hot shot he's already pissed off with them because he thought they were going to farm him out to williams for a year uh-huh. um so he's like no i'm not going there and i'm going to mclaren which might may or may not have been a good idea but it basically left them in a hole
1: yeah. And we just, we got to be a little bit honest. When you think in your mind of um, countries and their automotive history, and you're just kind of ranking them, right? We have some obvious things we'd say like, well, the Americans, we kind of nailed it with Ford. We got a real good history. Germany, high watermark of engineering. Japan, you're not going to get a more durable machine ever. Yeah. Everyone's straked out their their claim. And then France, you're like, I don't know, would uh, well, they have the Citroen? What was the thing that had uh, air ride suspension? Yeah, <laughs> that never I, worked. I got one. <laughs> you yeah, have one. I got one. And Does the air ride suspension work? It works. It how le- for how long? It leaks long? a lot. It leaks a it lot. Okay. <laughs> so you're already kind of starting. I mean, we're if we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put a, a hierarchy of rich history automotive history,
2: but they have a great F1 history. They brought in the turbos and they were fantastic. They're, the V10 era, they had the most successful engine. Renault. Okay. So. I get what you're saying. To be honest... And they have it, two French drivers. Yeah, but they're not... They're, not, they're, good. <laughs> they're I all mean, in. They're all great drivers, but yeah. they're not, they're not going to propel them. Not, A, A, they're not probably quick enough to propel them to that very point, but also, do they have that lewis hamilton verstappen alonso ability to go in and tear a strip off the engineers and tell them this car's a shitbox, yeah. box do this do this you know make that difference also there's just no
1: question mark with either of those guys we've seen them drive now long enough at different teams and we just know what they can do and yeah. that's there's no like real surprise left in those two i don't think although i fell in love with pierre gasly in season five because he's so kind to yuki which can't oh, really? be easy mm-hmm. Yeah, he's traveling around with this 18-year-old kid who farts every 2 seconds. He won't train. He's like, you know, he's a baby. He's like, he's his teammate is a child. He's got to do press with them, and he always stinks. Potter's he acts like, like he's 10. Yes, he does. He's Max. like a spoiled little 10-year-old. Yeah. And Pierre's so loving and kind to him. I was maybe, really, oh, Oh, yeah. my God. That's great.
3: It's like two episodes away from you now, yeah. I think.
2: Yeah. I saw a bit of it when they had Tsunoda, and maybe it was the last season, and they turned up to his flat, and he's oh living in this, like, shithole <laughs> in Milton Keynes, which is, like, the worst city in the whole of the UK. He's just farting <laughs> <laughs> Time. And there's just like <laughs> he hasn't done any laundry for six yeah. months. No. He's feeling I mean, like shit. How is this guy an F1 driver? Why isn't he living in Monaco? What is happening?
1: He almost breaks into tears when he has to work out. He's like, no,
3: I re- come on.
1: They gotta send him to Italy to work out. Yeah. They're really like, well, like let's try sh- sh- shipping him off to Italy, see if we can get him. And to even work still, out.
3: he's like, I hate it. I, <laughs> I do it, but I hate it. Yes.
1: uh On that topic, which I think is a fun tidbit, is um you know, rumor from the people that i know personally is that our boy max does not train that's another thing i love about him i hear he likes to drink as well yes i hear he loves <laughs> bottle service i mean like you're looking at a guy you know who is currently 25 but had his own plane at 23 years old with the tail number 33 dtf his number <laughs> and down to fuck <laughs> he's telling you exactly what he, what's up it's we've not seen like video
4: proof he doesn't like, too much working out. <laughs> Man, do yourself
3: a favor and find that video on Instagram. Have I, did magical. I send it to you, Jethro? No. Oh. Okay,
1: I'm going to make you watch it real time, actually, just so you can get, uh, I think because he had got, uh, he had to have received so much criticism that, uh, criticism that he doesn't train and then he likes to tip it back that he posted at the end of the season, he won a video of himself training. And it's hard to imagine it's real. Because it's like he must have been making a joke, but it's not funny enough to be a joke. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. Also, note the music that's playing in this. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fist hike.
4: It's on his own this, this Instagram is a top,
1: account. Top level athlete. Here. <laughs> He's doing kettlebells in there, two pounds. <laughs> 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 oh he my. does like a couple sit ups and looks gassed. Oh, this is genius.
4: And I also think what's in the video it, it, was it. Like he yes. started it and ended his <laughs> workout for
1: the video.
2: Are you sure this isn't like a lookalike? No, no, it
4: seems like a lookalike. No, it's
2: it no, like, it his, like his account.
1: It. If you dig deep enough on his Instagram, Jethro, he was proud of this. Yeah. So, yes, he's doing an overhead military press, one handed, and he has um, a five pound dumbbell. And then he's doing a kettlebell. What do you call that exercise? <laughs> we don't Charlie? know. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sit, sitting up straight.
4: And this little
3: <laughs> four reps of sitting up straight. What is the What is the chicken wing four reps of the that chicken? chicken <laughs> uh, who knows.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Bahrain, boring race. Let's just we'll say it's a bore, it was a boring race for the most part. Yes. At the top. Yes. Oh, good time for a public service announcement. I do want to repeat this from our failed episode. Um, if you like Formula One and you have friends who also watch Formula One, there is only a single text that is permitted to be sent on race day. And Even qualifying. Te- anything. Anything, yeah. Literally, the text can only read, have you watched the race? Yeah, mark. Agreed. No exclamation points, no fucking dot, 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 nothing other than have you watched the race or have you watched Quali? I can't tell you. It happened to me on Sunday. I wake up. I'm not even opening them, but I just see one that's like, what lap did you fall asleep in? Which tells you everything. If you know the sport, you go, okay, Max obviously got out in front and disappeared disappeared, checked out and there's nothing to see here. And it just deflated my enthusiasm for the race by 40% Mm -hmm. right away. So, you know, that's the only text that's allowed to be sent.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I was saying I I had to mute my brother-in-law. He's a big F1 fan, has been for years and he posts it. He wakes up 6am whenever he has to watches the race and immediately posts the results on his Instagram (laughs) starts blasting so I told him I said listen if anything happens cool in your life I won't see it I love (laughs) you but I'm not gonna see it till the race season is over (laughs) if it's really cool send it to me privately but I can't ever look at your story again
1: You're out. You're blocked.
3: You're blocked for a a period of time.
1: Okay. With that said, um, the race was kind of boring, but I think there were some things that are interesting. Number one, last year with the amount of bidding and controversy or controversy, as you would say, Jeffro, that (laughs) was surrounding the two of the uh, rookies. You, I was prepared to see them do impossible things uh, in practice, in quality, and in the race. The last person I thought who was gonna perform the best was gonna be Sergeant, the American. Yeah. that I, I was not, I'm like, well, this Piastri guy who's fucking turned F1 upside down, he's clearly gonna fucking blow everyone away. Not the case. Also, Nick DeVries, who so impressive <laughs> last season getting in the Williams and finishing eighth, I'm like, well, this motherfucker is gonna fly when he gets in a car. But I got to say, that enthusiasm was curbed when I'm watching season five of Drive to Survive. And his statement is, I'm coming in to AlphaTauri and I'm going to be the lead driver and Yuki's going to be second. And I'm like, well, this guy better back this up. Like, yeah. It's like a yeah. big statement to come and say, I'm going to be the, the the lead driver. And he fucking blew. Yeah. And, and Yuki embarrassed him. But what
2: what happened? Because it was a boring race. Absolutely. But the weekend was actually, as a whole was cool because you had no clue. It looked Mm. like Alonso was going to be on pole when you watched FP1, FP2, FP3. It looked unbelievably close and the story was unfolding for the whole weekend. So the race itself did suck because because Max disappeared. But the actual event was pretty cool because there was all these storylines unfolding. But Nick de started off pretty well, didn't he? Mm -hmm. I, I thought he was doing well in FP1, FP2, and then he just disappeared and it was
1: over. Yeah. Got a little scared. I don't know what it was, but that coupled with his interviews on season five, it doesn't have me thrilled. Uh, I'm not rooting. But you know, he's won
2: Formula E and like his experience is huge. But he's 28. That's what's also
1: fucking weird. It's like he presents as a rookie 23-year-old driver, but no, the guy's 28. So that's another... I was like, well, by 28, you probably would have had the shot. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. He's
2: done a lot. He's been very successful, but he's never had that shot. So yeah, I guess we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, you'd expect him to be
1: up there with um yuki or ahead yeah okay i gotta play one thing that we sent to each other i don't know if you happen to see this post-race interview that had the three podium boys oh, on it yeah, yeah. Checo, max and alonzo did you see this this no. is great so for people who didn't pick this up in practice, the reason probably Aston has leapt forward so dramatically is that they poached a top engineer from Red Bull. Yeah,
2: Dan Fallows, right?
1: Dan yeah. Fallows, is that his name? Yeah. So this is a post-race interview with oh, these nice guys. To,
0: to see three Red Bull cars on the podium. <laughs> 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 the <rest>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just check out so to, to see three Red Bull cars on the podium. <laughs> it's not it nice, brilliant. To see
1: that. <laughs> Three Red Bull cars on the podium. Even Alonzo's busting up at that But it was
3: crazy the track record of the guy that went over to um, Austin Martin, the, the, the guy he worked under, his track record is creating the most perfect cars for years.
2: Yeah, Adrian Newey is the man. So basically there was a period where there was like a twenty-year period where, where the F1 titles were shared out between Michael Schumacher or Adrian Newey. So it was either Schumacher won the ch- title or an Adrian Newey design car did. And he's carried on. He's carried on that, and he is. If if he is paid anything less than fifty million a year, uh-huh. then he's the biggest bargain there ever is because he is the guy. He is the guy without any question, and he does it year in year out. And his thing is rule changes. He loves when there's a rule change because his brain sees things in a way that other people's doesn't. So he is he has a team of really good people underneath him, but he comes up with the initial concept. He still uses a drawing board. Yes. Does his fee go under
3: the salary cap as well?
2: No, top, it's separate.
4: Top three employees are not included in the salary cap. But is it is it feasible that this, you know, early Aston Martin success is all from this one engineer? Like, the is dan, he able to bring so enough? dan fallows worked underneath adrian yeah. Dewey. but was he able to bring enough in that one year to to bump them up well this think much? of the bones of the car the bones of that this is
2: the irony of mercedes fucking up so bad the aston martin has a mercedes engine mercedes gearbox mercedes rear suspension because that comes as a package uh, mm-hmm. it's developed in the fucking Mercedes wind tunnel. Uh, it's in uh, Mercedes. They don't, yeah. Aston Martin don't have their own wind tunnel yet. They're getting it on stream this year. So they use the Mercedes. So they're in there. They've got the same engine as the Merc and Mercedes is the factory team and they're getting, they're getting their asses so handed to them by, by a customer team, basically. Yeah. So he's, I think, I don't know because there's there's so much that goes on, but it's like Mercedes refute. They had their disaster year and they were too stubborn to pivot and say, do you know what? The Red Bull concept is better than our concept. Everyone's going down the Red Bull route. All the cars are going to converge. That's what happens with the rule change. Someone does the best job. Yeah. yeah. Everyone else looks at it and says, that's the way to go. And that's what Aston Martin have done. Several teams have done it.
1: That was another great, uh, in line with the Checo joke, um, Horner's comment was, it's great to see the old car out on the track. That's what yeah, he yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> great to see the old car out on the track. But fair play to him. You, but it's also I think, a Lawrence Stroll thing, because you remember before he did yeah. Aston, he was at the Force India team. Yeah, And then the big complaint about that is he they, they had just copied the...
4: They called it the pink Mercedes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the pink Mercedes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. he's kind of got a history going, he's a, well, who's winning? He's and,
4: a villain too. I mean, look at yeah. yeah, He looks oh, like a... He's yes. a Bond villain. He knows
3: how to win and <laughs> make money and do things. I think he's a terrifying man.
1: I think he knows how to cheat primarily. Yes. I guess that's my <laughs> summation of yeah, him. Like, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the interesting thing is can they develop that? If it is a copy. Yeah. Can they sustain it? Cuz when they did the pink Mercedes, it they fell had a fantastic year. Quick. The next year they they just couldn't develop it and everyone else had moved on. So yeah, can they right. sustain that but the investment you know all the F1 teams are basically about 30 miles from my house in England. Know, yeah know, so yeah, it's yeah. like this motorsport valley they're all around Silverstone, Oxfordshire. But the investment Aston Martin are putting in right next to the Silverstone GP circuit. It's like a billion it, dollars. Or it's insane. Crazy? It's insane. The factory looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, they they seem like they should be up there, but whether they can sustain it.
1: Okay. My kind of last question for you, uh, Jethro, because you know more than us. Um, we, again, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but we didn't dive into it, is the um, the absolute comedic relief Mattia provided last <laughs> and it's in the perfect package. He almost looks like a child, um, kind of clown that would come to your house. Side show yes, yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Sideshow side Robbie, <laughs> side <show. laughs> side uh, boy, was it amusing. We would watch last year, uh, because we all watched together, and our thing was like plan, plan Q, um, no, plan X, plan their, their plans. Fucking pitting Leclerc with three laps left. Or just
4: asking them what they're like, <laughs> yes. you know, what do you what want to do, doing, think, What do you
1: think? Yeah. And was like, no, How are you feeling over I'm,
4: there? He's got, these drivers have plenty to think about, let alone coming you up need with a with break their strategy.
1: <laughs> yes. It was clearly completely rudderless, that team, uh, which was so heartbreaking for Leclerc. But um, they got rid of him, and they brought in this guy, Frederic. Vasur, yeah so what's his history does he is this someone who maybe um will get because they have a great fucking car i mean they have some reliability issues but it is a fast car it's a fast car
2: um his history so he started up developing his own team i believe in one of the lower formulas all the drivers who have driven for him have said a scary okay Mm. b he's a really good leader really good at like getting a group of people to work with him not just through fear, but like creating that team atmosphere. So he's a successful guy. And I think they felt like Bonotto, one of his strengths was he'd been at Ferrari for 20 years. So he knew everyone, knew what made people tick. But at the same time, he was so familiar that he couldn't give these guys a kick up the ass. You know, it, 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 he didn't right. have that overall authority. Fred is meant to be a much scarier character. And also, Leclerc loves him because he, he raced with him. The big question with Ferrari is can Ferrari ever? really succeed again because they it uh, was the last time they did schumacher um Raikkonen won the world title in 2007 but the last period of real dominance was schumacher and they had ross braun who then went on to form braun you know yeah. which was uh so he went to honda honda was a bit of a disaster they pulled out braun rescued the team called it braun gp they got a mercedes engine in the back of it that was the year Jensen Button won the title? Uh-huh. So, one
1: who well, let's, let's just add, let's brag. We have raced Jensen Button, we have raced Jensen Button, we raced Jensen you, Button. No, in fact, you have beaten Jensen Button. <laughs> I, wow. I want to say I lapped you, handed him his ass. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here to confirm <laughs> that. I know when I said that publicly without you here to back me up, people really know you didn't. But yes, we raced minivans, you went for style, I went for dependability, Honda. And yeah, we we defeated, not only that, and let's also brag that they left the course because they were nervous about our driving. They were. (laughs) 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 Once we started slamming each other into the banked wall, on the oval, (laughs) they said, this has gotten too dangerous. (laughs) They were so scared about that inside
2: wall. And there was, there was concrete walls and there was one on the infield which particularly scared the crap. And we were like, listen, this is TV. We're going to crash into Uh, each other. The more contact, the better. And they're like, nope, we're not doing that. That's for you guys. Yes, Dax had, a rocket ship yeah, like, odyssey uh, you had an odyssey that had like 900 horsepower <laughs> i think uh, okay. i had a crappy and old... jensen
1: um he oh this is great this is, it led to my most embarrassing moment in all That's two great. seasons he had got in and and loosened the cable on the distributor it wasn't completely detached right like so it would start but as it rattled around the motor was shutting down so we go out to do our laps and by the way the five previous episodes, I've picked cars on style, and Jethro's gotten foreign cars, and my cars have broken, right? So this is the first time I'm like, fuck it. I'm going straight Honda, <laughs> and I want something dependable. I get in this to do a lap, and I can't go over 35 miles an hour, and I'm watching everyone just zoom ahead of me. And I pull in, and I, I have my only kind of meltdown. I'm like, you guys got to drive these things before I get in I'm Like, I'm really letting people have it. <laughs> And I just glance over, and Jensen is <laughs> laughing uncontrollably. And I think, oh, something I've been, I'm being fucked <laughs> with right now. And then he walked over and he just plugged the thing back in perfectly. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and then it resumed. Yeah, more, he was know, so excited to punk you. <laughs> it was a great yes, day. Yes. But yeah, they
2: were not keen on the crashing. And then,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, we we just <laughs> just went all the way. <laughs> he yeah, yeah.
2: was scraping along the outside. Oh, of the yeah. Wall. Just let go of the wheel.
1: Just get it up on that wall and put, put put it to the floor and let go of the wheel and it'll all take care of itself. Yeah, but I guess what I was saying. So Ferrari had this core of really, really good
2: people. Um, Braun went on to do Braun GP. They won the title. Then that became Mercedes.
1: Mm-hmm. So he
2: came, what a genius. Ross mm-hmm. Braun, he's at Honda. They pull out. He buys the team for like a pound, a dollar uh-huh. or something. Turns it into Braun GP. They win the title from nowhere. He then sells that team to Mercedes for how much money, who knows? Stays on at Mercedes for a bit. Then he becomes the head of um, Formula One for a while, doesn't he? He's just retired now.
1: Okay, well, let's end on this. Do you want to, let's, um, Matt, hit us with a conspiracy theory. It's the Bahrain curse. You heard about this?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, since 2000, really quick. Does it sound like Since 2017, a- everyone that has won the Bahrain first race of the year Yeah has never won the driver championship. They've always placed second. Every single year. So, Max winning it gets a little dicey, which is obviously opposite to the original theory I had where he has the ability to make this record, Daniel Ricciardo come in and <laughs> yes, have one, two, or three or. racers. He's
1: either going to succumb to the ball ring But curse it's or. very fascinating for
3: six years uh. that this has been the case. So it's it's yeah. an interesting thing and it's absolutely a theory, but it's fascinating.
1: We'll be tracking
3: it.
2: And you know, they've changed the rules. So Red Bull, have the one, I think, bit of hope They've changed the wind tunnel rules this year. So the more successful you are, the less less wind tunnel you get. And
1: their penalty. And they have a penalty. Yeah, which... That catering budget really (laughs) (laughs) bit
2: them in the ass. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that's the only thing that i think can potentially start
1: to slow red bull down but i think they're gonna be so far ahead that that this game over they'll cheat their way around that my whole point is like and tell me uh, maybe i'm delusional how the fuck is the wind tunnel time known a they have multiple chassis of the car sitting around uh they're out of town like is is the fia (laughs) is the fia (laughs) positioned somebody (laughs) at their wind tunnel to make sure it's never turned on how is that even monitored i I don't know how it's There's no way. That's like when uh, Horner was saying that technically no one's allowed to think about Formula One. Oh, on during the winter, yeah. Yeah. On the winter break, yeah, winter break, yeah, or do anything. It's like, oh, that's that's uh, enforceable.
2: Well, I I my hope is Red Red Bull are going to win. I think It's pretty obvious, but the hope is that Bahrain was just particularly good for their car. Maybe South, like the Jeddah track's actually really cool, isn't it? So maybe that will close things up. Ferrari look to be Ferrari and Aston look to be the only two in with a shot.
1: Well, nothing could be more exciting than if Alonso and Max start having a <sighs> battle because there's so much respect there, too. If you remember last year, Alonso's the one who came out and made all these headlines by saying that Max's championships are better than Lewis's yeah. championships, yeah. which, of course, is a max. Well, it's
2: basically like them racing themselves. That's the thing. Yes. It's, it's they the teammates, of, almost. Yeah, n- neither of them have ever raced anyone quite like themselves and now they might. They're yeah. like mirror image
1: of each other. Neither is lifting. Yeah, no. Yeah. It will be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's probably the best we have to hope for. Yeah, let's at this pray stage, for that. Let's pray for that. It could all change. Yeah. And
3: the three of those drivers, the same top three as last race, the three of them if they're battling close will oh. be so exciting.
1: Yeah, you're right. They're they're all uniquely uh skilled at the brawl. Yeah. It could be wonderful. I'm thrilled they're back. Uh, I hated my life while it was gone. I hope everyone is really excited for this upcoming season. The next race, of course, is Jetta, and that is in a week and a half. But we'll check in before then. But until next week, remember to push, 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 push.